So thank you viewers for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shadara. And I'm Jenny Lee. And we have a guest speaker, Andrea, today. She's going to be uh, talking to us in regards to sex trafficking. Uh, before we get into that, I would like to let you guys know who we are and what we're about. Uh, so again, we're um, a podcast to uplift and edify women. Um, men are more than welcome to listen as well. Uh, we focus on two things. We give people a platform to share their stories, their trials and tribulations in regards to what they've been through in life. And then we also give um, business owners as well as uh, advocates or consultants that come on and share what they're doing in regards to the community. Uh, today we have Andrea. She's um, going to talk to us in regards to sex trafficking. Uh, before we get into that, um, Jenny's going to share a little bit of her story, her bio, um, in regards to, you know, who she, who she is. Adriana McHenry, Executive Director within the Free Organization. Her heart's desire is to free and restore women coming out from sex trafficking. She discovered her passion while studying social work, and that's a, that is when the Lord gave her a vision to start this journey, starting from volunteer work to a leader and advocating, Adriana pushed free, free forward to continue work for anti-human trafficking, education and prevention. Mm -hmm. So we just thank yeah. you for uh, the work that you're doing. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Is there anything that you would like to tell us um, that we didn't talk about? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Trent, New Jersey. So I'm a Jersey girl, essentially. <laughs> living in Berks <laughs> County, which has been quite interesting. Um, I have two kiddos, one is 21 and one is 18. And I have a stepson who's also 18. Uh, we've been in, I've been with the kids in the Berks County area for about 16 years now. Uh, we presently live in the Reading area. And so we are, we're really grateful for that. We just moved. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the Lord called me. Yeah. So the Lord <laughs> called me into anti-human trafficking work. Um, about 10 years ago, as Jenny said, as I was studying social work and um, I said yes to that call and it's been, it's been a ride ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So before we get, get actually into, you know, what you do and how you're helping um, women, how was your life growing up? How was everything and overall um, growing up, you know, in Jersey before you made the moves uh -huh. and things like that? Yeah. So like I said, I, I was born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey. So Trenton is the capital uh, so it's, it's city living. So uh, that's why I just love writing because I'm just a city girl at heart. And I had an interesting childhood. My parents were divorced. I never knew them to be married, actually. Uh, they divorced when I was young. And, um, but they remained friends. And so that wow. was definitely, yeah, it was really interesting. And so really, I, I just knew my parents always being friends. Um, and even like friends of mine, if they weren't like super close friends, like they, they didn't even know my parents were divorced because my dad was always over. Mm -hmm. um, my parents did things together. They really did. They worked for the betterment of their kiddos. And so it was really interesting because as I, um, I'm remarried for the past uh, eight years now, but my okay. previous marriage, we had divorced. I kind of thought that's how it was supposed to be. I thought we were supposed to be like best friends. And then I realized that that's not the norm. <laughs> and so uh, we are friends now. The Lord has done good work. But um, yeah, so that's that's a little bit of my history and how I ended up here. 
That's awesome. And that's great that you guys are still um, friends and able to communicate, you know. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> that's what's best for the kids, for sure. That's great. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So how did you actually get involved into, you know, being an advocate for sex trafficking? Yeah, so it was about 10 years ago. I was um, actually at Reading Area Community College. I was studying social work and we had to write a paper on a social justice issue. And I, I just chose human trafficking. And as I was researching, I, I just could not believe that this was happening, not only uh, all over the world, but right here in this area. And at that time, my daughter was, she was probably like seven. She was, she's 18 years old now. So she was young and I just could not imagine something like this happening to her. Mm -hmm. And just this, this, this righteous anger, if you will, rose up in me. And I just thought this should not be happening. Right. And it was really at that moment, the Lord called me into anti-human trafficking work. And um, in 2015, I had the opportunity, like I started volunteering at free many, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago. And then in 2015 is when I came on as the executive director. Mm. Congratulations mm. and the promotion for that. Thank too. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Adriana, so how does human trafficking affect the, you know, our mental health? Oh my word. So when, when someone is, so human trafficking I mean, we just believe it's one of the worst crimes against human beings, right? Because when we're talking about human trafficking, it's a complex trauma. And so if someone is raped, that is a terrible, horrific one-time event should mm -hmm. never happen to anybody. And I just want to say, we might talk, we're talking about some sensitive things today. And so if there's anybody listening, or maybe you feel triggered or, um, you know, you're just, it's bringing up some stuff. I, I just want to encourage you to speak to someone, someone you trust, a counselor, mm -hmm. a loved one, um, and, and, or tune out. If this, if this mm -hmm. is something that's triggering things, don't listen. That's probably not the thing to say on a podcast, but we don't want to, you know, re-traumatize anyone. And so I just want to give mm -hmm. that out at the onset, that this is sensitive stuff and this can kind of bring up some painful things for people. And so, um, you know, if you have someone that's raped, that's a one-time horrific event. When you're a victim of human trafficking, you are essentially being raped. Uh, for us at Free, we focus on sex trafficking. We don't really focus on labor trafficking. So today I'm really talking about just sex trafficking. Okay. When you are sex trafficked, you are raped over and over and over again. And that's, oh that's really considered a complex trauma. So you are being continuously traumatized physically, emotionally, spiritually, every way over and over and over again, day in and day out, and you can't get away from your trafficker. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's considered a complex trauma. So that absolutely affects people mentally uh, in such profound, profound ways. That's why we always talk about being trauma informed, understanding the effect that trauma has in our minds and how how someone who's gone through this level of trauma, it affects every aspect of their lives. So to say it affects their mental health, that is an understatement. Wow. wow, That's really deep. Mm -hmm. um, without going into much detail, you know, based on like the privacy of the women that you mm -hmm. help, 
Um, what's some tragic stories uh, you may mm -hmm. have encountered with women that's, mm -hmm. you know, was escaping from human trafficking? Yeah. Yeah. So the women we serve, um, you know, when you hear the stories of their lives, you know, when we think of sex trafficking and quite honestly, having, you know, having to have sex with multiple men day in and day out, mm -hmm. For us as women, I mean, that's that's horrific, right? We can't right. imagine having to do that. And then when you hear their stories, that is like a fraction. Like there's their stories are some of it's the most horrific things. There are times where it takes me days to even process what I've been told. You know, women just brutally abused, mentally abused, sexually obviously abused raped, left for dead, beat up. Um, yeah, one of the women that we have served just was just left for dead, left for dead. And so, you know, traumatic brain injuries from being beat in the head. Um, and many times people will say, well, why don't they leave? And, and it's not always just a physical bondage. And so when we, when we think of sex trafficking, you know, we can see a lot of the images like with the wrists tied or chains, it really doesn't always look like that. It's a mental bondage. Mm. And so many times there's that, what's called like a Stockholm syndrome. So where, mm. where they think they love their trafficker. And so mm. if you were to talk to them, they're not going to, first of all, victims don't self-identify typically as victims. So you're not going to have a victim say, I'm a sex trafficking victim. They don't even realize they're victims many times. Okay. Wow. I've heard, I've heard survivors speak and, and they have said it. One of them, I remember her saying it took her 30 years before she could even say she was a sex trafficking victim. Wow. And so if you're listening in, just know they're not going to identify as a victim. They don't even realize they're victims. They love, in their minds, they love their trafficker. They call them, it's their daddy. It's their daddy. Uh, it's their boyfriend. And they love this person in their minds. And so even if we think they have an opportunity to leave, they don't because there's a bondage in their minds. Um, and there's fear. They're, they're scared. They, they manipulate. So they will say, you know, if you try to leave, if you don't come back, if you don't come home with a thousand dollars tonight, I'm going to go after your mom. I'm going to go after your sister. I'm going to go after your brother. Many times traffickers can have children with their victims. So then for us as mamas sitting here, you know, if, if someone comes after our kiddos or we feel like our kiddos are in danger, that's a whole different ballgame, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there's so much fear and there's so much trauma. There's j it's just, there's so much involved. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. So, so some of the women, they feel as though like they're in the relationship with these men and that they're mm -hmm. not actually being sex trafficked. That's correct. And I wow. know that can blow people's minds. And so, for us at Free, we talk, we talk about sex trafficking versus prostitution, and that can get a little bit muddy or a little bit hard to understand. And so first of all, you can't have sex trafficking without prostitution, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we think, okay, these are sex trafficking victims. They need to be rescued and they need to be helped. And just also know 
they don't always want to be rescued. We think they want to be rescued, but they don't always want to be rescued because of that fear, because of all of those nuances that are involved um, in sex trafficking. And so we, we can put sex trafficking victims here and think they need to be saved. They need to be rescued. They need a home. They need to be, you know, have services and, and resources. And we can take prostitutes Mm -hmm. and think they're just the prostitutes, right? And so for us at free, we really want to try to bridge that gap. I'm not saying that, you know, for something to be considered sex trafficking, there needs to be considered, there needs to be proven force, fraud, or, or coercion, three really important words for okay. something to be considered, you know, federally uh, human trafficking. They need to show that there was some type of force, fraud, or coercion. Now, the exception is if it's a minor, so if you have a young woman under the age of 18, engaged in any commercial sex act, stripping, pornography, a sex of any kind, mm-hmm. they are automatically a victim of human trafficking, regardless of force, fraud, or coercion. That's mm-hmm. really important because if, if we know a 17 and a half year old young woman stripping in a strip club, by US federal law, she is a victim of human trafficking wow. and needs to be treated as such. That's really important for us to know, right? There's no such thing as a child prostitute. That's number one. So we can think of prostitutes um, and just think, well, they're just willingly prostituting. And I would ask everyone listening tonight, do you think a 12-year-old girl says, when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute? Right. That's not, they, they don't yeah. want to be doing this. They think they have no other option. And so I know this might sound crazy, but even someone who is maybe willingly prostituting, or we think willingly prostituting, we really don't view that as a choice because she really doesn't feel like she has any other choice. Mm -hmm. And I know that might Mm -hmm. sound really crazy, but we want to kind of help people view it a little bit differently. They need help, but they need help as well. And all are worthy and all have value and all have been created in the image of God. And so we have to be careful not to just say they need help. They're nothing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And if that and, and also, knows, that makes sense, because if she started at 12 and she's 16, all she knows is, you know, process. That's right. The majority of trafficking victims mm-hmm. have been sexually abused as children. The majority come from broken homes, have been victims of physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, are coming from drug addiction or, or traffickers will use drug addiction as a way to keep them compliant, keeping them dope sick. Um, you're gonna, wow. you're, I'm gonna withhold drugs from you until you go do what I want. And for, you know, if, if you're not an addict, if you, if you don't know, I've never been an addict, but I know coming off of drugs from what I've been told or being dope sick is, is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's a way to keep them compliant. We don't, the women, we, we have never served one victim of either sex trafficking or prostitution. Okay who has not been sexually abused as a child, who has not grown up in the foster care system, broken home, homeless, out on the streets at 16. And so we then, to then say, well, she's a prostitute. That's what she's choosing. Really though? Not really. There's a lot more involved in that. And when she feels like that's all she's worth, you know, so let's kind of view that a little bit different. And also know nine out of 10, uh, Nine out of 10 prostituted women are pimp controlled. 
they might tell you they're a prostitute and willingly and doing it on their own. But majority of the time, there is a pimp there taking a cut of that money. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Adriana would like the statistics and with everything, you know, how they, a majority uh, where um, by, by a month, is there any way in a month where there's a rise for human trafficking? Well, so this is kind of debatable. And so many people will say, like you will hear um, Super Bowl Sunday because I heard um, that that's a time where yeah, a lot I heard of men are gathered too. together. Yeah. And so you'll hear those statistics, but in recent years you will hear uh, many experts in the field say not necessarily because they don't, they don't want to make it sound like this day so many people are being sex trafficked when in yeah. reality every single day millions of people in this world are being sex trafficked. And so can we say, um, you know, whether it's uh, Super Bowl or the Olympics, times where there's big crowds of people, where there can be a spike in the demand to buy commercial sex? Sure. I'm sure there's spikes in those days. But we want people to know this is happening every day, all day, all, all over this entire world, right down to Berks County. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, has your organization ever been threatened by mm-hmm. um, a prostitute, you know, pimp or, or dad mm-hmm. or however you want to mm-hmm. call yeah. it? Mm-hmm. We never have. We never have. And so that that's also a misconception sometimes is, you know, many times, like, what do we have to go by? Like movies, mm-hmm. like I know there's a movie taken with Liam Neeson yes. and, mm-hmm. and pe- people kind of <laughs> think that's what it looks like. And <laughs> I can't, I can't speak of what human trafficking looks like overseas. I don't know necessarily what it looks like in India or Thailand or Cambodia, where we know it's super prevalent. Right. But mm-hmm. um, I can tell you in America, it doesn't necessarily look like an abduction. It many times is a family member it's someone that they know it not so much like someone being abducted does that happen absolutely there's missing people all over the all over the nation Uh, missing minors all over the nation Um, they say um, like the national center for missing and exploited children say like one or two out of six missing children are considered to be victims of human trafficking Um, so is a pimp coming and threatening us no that's never happened to us is that typically what happens? Believe it or not, no. There's been some research done of like restorative care homes across the nation, like has you know pimps coming onto the property, what? and it really doesn't have much wow. because that human being, they that person is easy to replace, unfortunately, right? Mm-hmm. And so, wow, are they coming onto the property? Are they? coming near us? Are they threatening us? No, that's not happening. Could that happen? It could. Do we have safety protocols in place? You better believe we do. Okay. Um, do we have security and things like that? Absolutely. But is that, you know, is it kind of like a movie? And it, it really is, doesn't happen that way. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your ways uh, in your organization uh, that helps uh, women that has been um, sex traffic. Yeah. So um, a key pillar of our organization is providing restorative care to uh, women coming out, whether they're a survivor or a present victim of any type of commercial 
sexual exploitation. That's kind of a big word. And the reason we say commercial sexual exploitation is because we kind of really view that as an umbrella, if you will. And under that umbrella is sex trafficking, prostitution, stripping, um, pornography, all of these things, okay. if you will, that is like the commercial sex industry. And so right now we have a women's drop-in center in downtown Reading. Um, and so that's for women right now because of COVID, unfortunately, we're there one day a week for a block of time where women can come in right off the street. So um, we don't ask questions. They don't have to um, qualify to be a part of a program. They can give us their first name. They don't have, they can make up a name. Um, we, they just would come in and we help provide them some uh, basic necessities because when we think of when we think of restoring victims right um, that just takes a long time and they don't trust people right and so we want to build relationship we want to build trust we want them to know there's people here that care that see them that value them that love them so we provide some of those basic necessities we can't think of helping to get them a job if they don't even have clean underwear Okay. We can't think of helping them go to college if they're starving and, and don't even have food. And so we really start at the, the bare minimum at the drop-in center, which is called the resting place, because we want to provide a place that just offers them a little bit of rest, a little bit of respite from the streets. And so feminine products, um, deodorant, toothbrush, soap, body wash, underwear, bras. We have some clothes that we give now in the winter months, like winter coats. I just had someone give a little donation of winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, snacks, food, a warm meal, um, purses, toilet paper, right? That's come in super handy, especially now with COVID, being able to give them some toilet paper, helping them um, get some money on a laundry card, you know, things for many of us, we don't even think of, think about, but right. for someone living on the streets, that's such a barrier to not even have a washer or a dryer or have money to put toward washing your clothes. And so we just help provide some of those basic necessities and just build relationship. Um, we have computers that they can utilize. We can make copies for them. We can help them make phone calls. Uh, we do ID assistance. And so many times they'll come in and they don't have uh, identifying the documents like right. their state ID. And so we'll pay for that for them and help them get their state ID. Um, so that's what we do at the Women's Drop-In Center. And then we are also fundraising and preparing to open up Refuge Home, which will be a residential program to take women in who are ready and, and willing, we can't make them, right? Mm -hmm. To bring them through a year long program to really get them on the road to sustain freedom, um, doing awesome, working toward healing and restoration and, and get them really on the journey and the pathway to um, getting jobs, getting their GEDs, uh, things like that. Mm. Counseling. Yeah, super important. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so with the organization, what is something that you, I mean, I know you can't force the women to not go back, you know, especially mm -hmm. when they're, they're so used to making, I guess, a certain amount of money, whether it's stripping or mm -hmm. prostituting. What's it, what mm -hmm. is something that the organization does to, you know, try to prevent them from returning back to that lifestyle? Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would necessarily say prevent them. I would say it really is 
it's long-term walking with them, mm-hmm. letting them know no matter what for them, even if they make a mistake, even if they go out and use, even if they go out um, and, and prostitute, you know, we are still here. There's no shame. Um, and, and just knowing the process, that healing journey is a very, very long one. I'm walking with, um, she was our very first client at the drop-in center and it's been a little bit over a year. And when we first met her, she had a pimp. She was home, literally homeless, sleeping under um, the bridge. Um, wow. Just really in a, in a bad way. And today she is um, uh, taking her GED prep classes. Um, wow. She's doing, you know, is life perfect for her? Absolutely not. Um, but it's just advocating for her, walking with her, reassuring her that we love her, encouraging her to do you know, the important things like, you know, go to your counseling appointments, um, you know, make sure you're doing, go get your health checkups. So just really walking and encouraging them, you know, go get your yearly, you know, gynecological exam, get to the desk. So we help facilitate in getting them connected to where they need to be in the community. There's lots of resources. And so we're not looking to reinvent the wheel. We are not counselors. We are not doctors. And so we're really just walking with them and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, let's help you get to where you're going. Let's write down that day and time, make sure you keep it like in your wallet. Um, so that's really what we're doing for the drop-in center for the future home. That's a whole entire program. So yeah. that's, you know, counseling, having them get counseling once a week, um, group therapy, arts and crafts, you know, really focusing on basic life skills, like nutrition, eating healthy, getting proper sleep, um, devotionals, worship, things like that. So that's a whole, that's like a, from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed, you, you live in this refuge home, mm-hmm. uh, wherever that's going to be. We have identified a home. We're not disclosing the location yet, mm-hmm. but, um, that's so that's great. them living, that's like awesome. they, they don't have to pay to live in refuge home. We are fully supporting them and walking with them and helping them get back up on their feet. But wow. they have to be wrong. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Wow. Like a reach mm-hmm. that that is. Is. program. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's the- Yeah, that is great. That is so amazing. I am so happy for that. Um and in what state has the highest rate for sex trafficking? Yeah. So some of some of the states that have the highest numbers for sex trafficking, I would say is California, mm-hmm. uh, Texas, like Houston. Um Georgia, uh, Atlanta, wow! Um, anywhere where you're having some of those big, big cities, cities, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. But again, that doesn't mean, I mean, we know it's here in the Reading area. And, mm-hmm. but we also want people to know it's not, human trafficking isn't just in cities. So mm-hmm. we often just think, you know, when, when we're out speaking, because education is one of our key pillars as well. And so if we're out in the more rural areas of Brooks County, People just say, assume it's Reading. And we want them to know, oh no, it's, it's in the cities, it's in the suburbs, it's in the rural areas. Mm-hmm. If anything, women are being brought to places where there's money, right? Wow. And yeah. so our, our more affluent areas. Um, and when we talk about sex trafficking, 
boys can be sex trafficked. I just want that on the record. Wow. Um, there are more homes opening up in the nation to help uh, boys that have been sex trafficked, but we know statistics tell us predominantly women and girls are the most affected um, in this entire world and in our nation. And so um, 12, 13, 14, they say is the average age a child is trafficked in the United States of America. 12, wow. okay? Wow. So that's crazy stuff. And so when I talk about sex trafficking, you'll hear me say she and her, that doesn't mean boys can't be trafficked. We just know majority are women and girls. Wow. Mm -hmm. But it can happen anywhere and it does happen. It does. And we know predominantly men are fueling the demand because men are buying and I'm not here to bash men. There's lots of awesome men in the world, but that, that's just, that's just reality. And so what are some of, how can we educate men and how can we get the word out and, and talk about how pornography is linked to sex trafficking and it's not placing shame, pornography, being addicted to pornography, um, that's like an addiction to any, any other kind of drug. And so we don't want to shame. We just want to say, reach out to somebody to get help, uh, speak to someone about it, whether it's your pastor or a counselor or a friend, because pornography and sex trafficking um, go hand in hand. And when we're viewing pornography, we are fueling the demand for sex trafficking because we know many of the people we're seeing on, when we're watching pornography, you know, I have the screen in front of me right now we think it's a, a certain thing that's happening when in reality, many that we are watching are being forced. It's another way for traffickers to make money. Okay. Wow. And so we don't see that part. Um, and no one, again, just like no one says, when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute. No one says, when I grow up, I want to be, I want to make pornography, right? These are broken people. These are hurting people. If we heard the whole story of their lives, we probably would have a better understanding of why there's a lack of value and worth. And again, someone may be forcing them and no one has a right to exploit someone else's brokenness. That's right. So when we're watching pornography, we are absolutely feeling the demand. Um, Fight the New Drug is an incredible resource, fightthenewdrug.org. So everyone listening, if you're struggling with pornography, please don't, no shame in that, but reach out for help. Look into resources. If you are a parent listening tonight, See what your kiddos are doing on their phones. Our phones is an, is an incredible resource, but this is the greatest way our children are exploited is online, okay? So watch what your kiddos are doing. This is life or death for kiddos, okay? And so we need to really be watching that. But um, they've, there has been research done um, and they, they've looked at the brain of someone addicted to pornography and they looked at the brain of someone um, addicted to opioids and their brains looked similar. Wow. Wow. And so that's what pornography does to the brain. Pornography, any which way or form is, is not good. Okay. It alters how we view people. Mm -hmm. It changes how we treat people. And so I, we, I just want to make sure that I, that I say that. Um, so yeah, we are, we are not pro pornography. We are against pornography and it's uh, exploits people and it hurts people. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Does your um, organization um, link with other locations in regards to women mm -hmm. or do you guys just focus mm -hmm. on like the Berks County or is it like, um, mm -hmm. does it, is it further than just Berks County? Is it Pennsylvania? Oh. As well? mm -hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we are a, we are a local nonprofit <laughs> And so 
um, but we do educate outside of Berks County. Um, our drop-in center is specifically for the Reading area. Anybody can come, but mm -hmm. obviously it's a drop-in. It, that it, Those words are important. So they're just coming in off the street. And so um, that really is more to uh, the city of Reading, the drop-in center. Our home is going to serve Berks County and a national level. And so we are being mentored by an organization out of Baltimore, Maryland called the Samaritan Women Institute for Shelter Care. They've been providing restorative care to sex trafficking survivors for over 12 years. And so they are truly experts in the field. They are our mentors in how to provide excellent services to women in our drop-in center and our future home. And we are also members of the National Trafficking Shelter Alliance. Okay. And that is a network um, that um, holds uh, Home, people that have residential services or mm -hmm. drop-in centers that are service that are providing services specifically for trafficking uh, survivors, victims, sexually exploited uh, people, um, they kind of hold that accountability. And so we are members with them as well okay. um, to, to stay current and make sure we're doing the very best we can. Of course, we partner with other organizations and, um, We'll refer women to other places if we feel like, you know, there's specific services they, they need that we can't provide. And so, yeah, it, it, we can't do this work in a vacuum. We can't do it being siloed. We have to work together. Right. Uh, one yeah. thing we always say is this, this is not the work of just one organization or two or three. This is the work of all of us Everybody. coming together. And maybe you guys yes. don't run an organization for human trafficking, but you still play, you still hold a key, if you will. You still hold a piece of the puzzle. Um, and we want people to know we all need to come together um, to keep our community safe and to really eradicate um, and, and dismantle sex trafficking from happening in our communities. Wow. Amen. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. What are signs to look for in women who have experience sex trafficking, what can we do to assist or how to go mm -hmm. about it? Right. Yeah. So get educated. So even what we're doing here now, just get some education. Um, so what we can look for, um, if, if you are a healthcare provider and you have a patient that has, that comes in with someone else and that person is doing all, all of the talking and the patient, mm. it doesn't seem to be talking. That could be a red flag. Something's mm, going okay. on. Okay. If you are a teacher and you have a student that was super extroverted and now is really kind of introverted and quiet, that could be a red flag. If you see, have a child, um, whether in your family, or again, if you're a teacher or Sunday school, you know, um, who you know doesn't have the means to buy, you know, fancy purses and fancy clothes and shoes or nails done. And all of a sudden they're coming in with, you know, their nails done and looking, you know, more expensive clothes than that, than that, you know, they can really afford, like, that's a red flag, you know, who's right. maybe grooming them, who's buying them this stuff to gain their affection, because that's what a trafficker will do, they will groom that person, wow. give them lots of gifts. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's definitely a red flag. If you're seeing someone, uh, maybe that you're friends with, and, um, it, you know, if it's a, if it's a minor, and they have an older boyfriend, that's definitely a red flag. Um, if you hear that your uh, friend is um, in, in an, a relationship and there seems to be more control, like, you know, he's getting mm -hmm. her isolated, that could be a red flag. Um, so there's lots of things to be looking for. Um, if you're driving by nail salons or 
massage, you know, parlors and something's looking shady and people are, you see lots of men coming in and out. That could be, that's definitely a red flag. And we have them oh, in yeah. Brooks County. Well, they're in Brooks County. Mm -hmm. We have, we have uh, shady stuff happening around here. And so we have to be, um, we have to be really listening and looking and be ready to ask questions. Are you safe? Do you need help? Is someone hurting you? Do you feel like you, you have lost control over your life? Like ask the questions. Okay. That's important. Those are some good questions. So are you safe? Um, do you need help? What was the other one that you said? Do you feel like you're being controlled? Do you feel okay. like you're not able to do what you want to do? Is someone hurting you? Um, you know, cutting. If you see uh, someone that you're seeing cutting, you know, mm -hmm. um, cutting is a way they deal with pain many times. And so many, the majority of the women we serve, I mean, I, I've not seen one. I personally have not uh, been in contact with one victim or survivor of sex trafficking or exploitation that hasn't been sexually abused as a child that hasn't um, been addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and a cutting is a big one. So if you're seeing cuts, burns, they use that as a means to kind of deal with They're the pain. trauma. Mm. Yeah. So that's another big one. So if we have students in class where you're seeing a lot of cutting to be able to say like, what's going on? And, and, and not that that means they are a victim of sex trafficking, but we want people to know just like we may think, well, maybe they're seeing abuse in the home. Maybe there's, um, maybe they were sexually abused as a child. Maybe this, maybe that we just want it in the forefront of people's minds. Maybe they're being sex trafficked and remembering Sex trafficker can be mom, sex trafficker can be dad, sex trafficker can be aunt. When we talk to kids in the city, um, you know, when we go out and do prevention work, we did one event one time uh, in the city of Reading and they started to tell us that they were trafficked and it was by family members, wow. right? And so it's not, when we think of a sex trafficker, whether we want to admit it or not, like a, a visual will come into our minds of what a sex trafficker looks like. That's not really what it looks like. Okay. And so many times it's familial, meaning a family member. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I would have never so we thought need like to a mom know or a father, you know, would mm -hmm. exploit mm -hmm. their, their children like that. That's just Absolutely. Crazy. Every day, all the time all over in our backyards closer than we think um and and there doesn't you don't need to be moved for it to be considered sex trafficking and so we often think she's being taken here she's being taken which happens that that's absolutely happening but you can be sex trafficked out of your own home you oh, don't have to go anywhere right you can be trafficked right out of your own home and so there doesn't need to be movement Okay. Wow. wow. Um, how can we as a community, you know, mm -hmm. as um, helpers for your organization, how can we actually help help you guys um, in mm -hmm. regards to, you know, making this movement bigger than what it is or just any yeah. regards to any any supplies that you might need? How can we help mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so lots of ways. And so we're always looking for people to make donations of uh, tangible items to our drop-in center. So whether that's soap, you know, gift cards, 
um, deodorant, toothpaste, things like that. Um, we take women, women only, uh, as far as volunteers serving within the drop-in center, we can only have women serving in there just because of the sensitive nature of what's going on. Um, that's a whole process. You would have to reach out to um, Brittany, uh, who was our volunteer coordinator. That's a whole volunteer packet. We need, you know, okay. criminal background check clearances, things like that. Um, we do prayer and outreach monthly in Reading. Mm -hmm. Join us for monthly prayer and outreach. You can just show up and come with us out on the streets. We pray, we bring like purses, um, bless women as we go. Like now that it's cold, we'll bring, um, you know, scarves, hats and gloves, things like that. In the summer months, we'll bring bottles of water uh, or ice pops, things like that. Um, make connections for us. And so make a connection in your school, in your business, in your job, in your okay. church to have us come out and speak and educate because education is key. When we know better, we do better. Right. Have a book yes. club, have a, have a book study. We have resources on our website, freefromht.org. We have a resource page. Do a book club with your friends. Start talking about it. Get a prayer group going, start praying about it. We need people praying yeah. and we have an intercessory prayer team at free. If you, if you're an intercessor and you're a prayer warrior, let us know. We will add you to our intercessory prayer email. Okay. Um, finances. I mean, it's not something we love to talk about, but we need financial donations. And so sending in financial donations, being a monthly donor, signing up to uh, get our monthly newsletter to be informed with what's going on. Um, if you go to our website, if you go to our Facebook page, um, you can find every piece of information you need of how to partner with us in this fight um, and really setting captives free. Uh, before we go into the information for you, um, do you have uh, outreach going on for this month? Do you have a date or is there a certain date that you do it every month? I'm sorry. Yeah, our, I, I have to bring up my calendar. We meet the third Sunday of every single month okay. at 1 p.m. So the third Sunday of this month is December 20th. So December 20th is our next parent outreach. Uh, we meet at our office location right out front at 119 south fifth street um so if you're familiar with like the library on fifth and franklin we're just across the street like in the middle of middle of the block we meet there and then we just start walking and we pray and we just bless women with little gifts as we go so that's december 20th sunday at 1 p.m and we typically just walk for an hour oh okay thank you okay. so much mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. wow how can yeah, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just want to say real quick. We, of course, we want to see, um, we want to see victims physically set free. We want to see them emotionally set free, but for us at free, the ultimate, uh, is for them to be spiritually set free, um, which, which we know can only come through Christ. And so I just wanted to, wanted to make sure I said that. That's awesome. So the organization is called free F R E E. Um, it's freedom and restoration for everyone enslaved, or we just go by the acronym free because that's okay. a lot to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how can we reach free? Um, you can email me. Um, it's Andrea at freefromht.org. And then I can help get you directed to wherever you need to be. If it's whether, you know, whether it's Brittany, our um, volunteer coordinator, Lauren, who's our prayer and outreach leader, um, but if you email me, I can help get you to where you need to go. Um, our phone number is 
1-800-242-4243. So whether you have some questions, if you need some help, you can, you can call us um, at any time. I do also wanna share the National Human Trafficking Hotline number. It is 1-888-373-7888. You can always call uh, there to um, get help. Um, if, you're getting, if you're needing help for Brooks County area, they're gonna probably shoot you back to us because uh, we are on their registry, but you can also call that number to report a tip. So maybe you see a massage business, massage parlor by your house and you're like, that place is shady. You can call 1-888-373-7888 and you can let them know that you're seeing this happening at a certain location and report that tip. It's anonymous, a million different languages. Okay. Um, so that's a really important number. You can also text 233-733 um, for help uh, or for information as well. Thank you. And I'll also add that to the bio when we do audio. Um, so that way all your information is listed as well as the national number in the text. I think that's really cool how they have a text um, mm -hmm. number that you can text as well. Yep. Um, what is something that you would like to tell women that's listening or, you know, just anyone in general that may be in danger and, you know, not even sure if they're aware of what they're going through is, mm -hmm. is a crime. Mm -hmm. Find somebody that you believe is safe. Let them know, let them know you need help. And again, um, if, if there's, people will often say, you know, what do I do if there's an emergency? Call 911. We always want to say that if you are in an immediate emergency and you are in a dangerous situation in that moment and you need help, call 911, okay? Um, but share with someone that you trust. Talk to somebody about it. Call us. Call 610-743-4243. We can help get you resources. We can help uh, get you on a road, if that's, you know, to recovery, if that's something you desire. Um, yeah, just let someone know. Let someone know there, there has to be, um, try to find that one safe person um, that you can share with. Um, and I know for someone listening, uh, maybe you feel like you have nobody safe in your life. Um, but you can reach out to me. And you can reach out to these women here. Um, you can reach out to someone um, to get some help. You're not alone. We want you to know there's people that love you. There's people that care. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much, Adriana. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for sharing. Just sharing and just doing what you do for these women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and a lot of women, um, I think, they, I don't think a lot of women like have such a passion that you do and, you know, it's to go out there and to, to spread the awareness. And mm -hmm. I, that is really amazing, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and like you said in the beginning, sex trafficking is not often talked about, but should mm -hmm. be talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you're welcome. And also, um, we have one question that we always ask mm -hmm. our guest speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, what makes you uncommon? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> what makes me uncommon? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like to think.
think I'm, you know, as a follower of Christ, but I don't like to think there's anything super special about me. Jesus is the one that does it all. But I would say what makes me maybe uncommon is <laughs> I, I will do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I will be obedient, even if it costs me everything, I will do whatever he says. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the easy thing to do. That's definitely not always the common thing to do. Mm -hmm. Many times when, when we, when we move in obedience with the Lord, sometimes it's, we can feel really alone. It can mm -hmm. feel really hard, but it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess yes. if, I, I would say maybe that's what makes me uncommon. Although I hope <laughs> You know, anyone, any, any followers of Christ, we need to be ready to do what he says. And right. sometimes it's just like, oh no, Lord, I'm not, <laughs> just I don't want just to do that. To what he's saying. Absolutely. We have to be obedient. And so I will be obedient no matter what. So you're Thank obedient. You. That's what makes you uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you again, Adriana. And thank you to our viewers uh, for listening in. Um, I also want to mention our website, uh, www.uncommonwomen.net. Go check it out. Go check out our merchandise. Um, and also follow us on YouTube. Um, and we're also um, on other platforms. Uh, make sure you like, you follow, and comment. <laughs> and also, you know... Um, if there's any guest speakers um, that want to come on um, for uh, for season four, um, we are looking for guest speakers. And you know, um, you can email if you have any questions or just any other topics um, that you want us to talk about. Um, you know, just email us at www.uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And our next episode is going to be our last episode for the season. <laughs> so um, check us out um, on our next episode and stay on common. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Man, God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>